Welcome to the Off the Fritz podcast, honest conversations that explore life with intention. Our podcast is a collection of honest stories and conversations with people who have learned and are continuing to learn to live with direction and intention, even when life gets crazy. Our hope is that this podcast will inspire you and provide you the tools to start living with more intention and a sense of possibility and purpose. Hey everybody, welcome to our conversation with Zach and Jason Francis. These guys are a lot of fun to talk to and I gotta tell you, we went into this conversation highly unprepared, apparently. <laughs> so we knew these guys from Instagram as these guys behind this big, well, well, what Instagram account? They're, um, they're behind tinyhouse.com, oh, right. who nominated our first tiny home that's as right. best tiny home of 2020. So that's how we met so them. So we're their best friends now, obviously, yeah. because of that, because we like what they gave to us, right? But we thought that's who these guys were. So we get into this conversation, Embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I thought it was hilarious. But we get in this conversation and find out we're like, oh, they were tiny home builders. Like they've built hundreds of homes. Like they, they started a tiny heirloom, which is like a, yeah. like I've heard of this builder. Well, and, then, and then we get talking. They, they are the guys behind tiny luxury. Like, like a TV show. The HGTV show that clearly Kevin and I like, we don't watch HGTV. So we had no idea. We're like, you guys are like a big, Deal. You guys did like five seasons of a TV show, which is why they probably think they're on the podcast. The podcast. But apparently it was just because we thought they were nice and cool. So it was really funny as we realized this going along. It's like, oh, you guys are famous. Oh, you guys. But then beyond that, I just wanted to talk to them because I'd heard that they had like sailed around the world in a yacht. Oh, and that's all I really wanted to talk about. And who knew that there was so much more to talk about. So very fun conversation. Really neat guys. Um, incredible and go, adventure. Incredible yeah. story. Like inspiring. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a bigger conversation than we were expecting. So hope you guys enjoy it. Zach and Jason, you guys, um, well, we met through um, the tiny house industry, obviously. That's where all of the guests mm -hmm. this season are, have come through. And uh, we met because you guys found our house. And then our first house is on your website as like top house of 2020. You blew mm -hmm. our minds and like have been a huge source of encouragement to Kevin yeah. and I as, we've, as we started this journey. Um, can you share a bit about tinyhouse.com and like, how did you get to this place where you guys are doing a global tiny house conference and, and have this huge website that's like an incredible index of tiny homes yeah. across the world? There's a lot going on in there. For sure. Yeah. For real. A bit too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a big, big, uh, big story to tell. Um, we got time. See. I mean, Kind of goes back to, um, I would say, if we want to start where we learn how to build, I mean, because that's kind of, was kind of the very beginning of it. Grand um, way back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, our dad was a contractor. He's a, uh, you know, residential contractor for about 35 years. Um, and so throughout kind of our growing up, um, we would always join him on the job sites, uh, do some of the, the, you know, some of the dirty work, picking up trash and lumber, um, you know, like anyone has to start doing, but he also started teaching us from a very young age, how to not only do a lot of the trades, but how to manage jobs. Um, so about halfway through high school, um, we started a business with him and, uh, started building our first couple homes together. Um, actually that actually ties into the, the sand trip, which we'll probably jump to a little bit from uh, here later on. Uh, but we <laughs> left on a sailing trip, got back, started building our first homes. Um, and uh, we ended up all moving into those homes, our whole family kind of up in this little, this little uh, community uh, up the hill from where we are now. So super fun kind of way to get started into the construction world. 
And about two years in, uh, we started seeing with our brother-in-law, um, Tyson, uh, started seeing a bunch of tiny homes popping up online and they really were kind of piquing our interest. And so um, we started looking into them more. My mother-in-law was super into them and uh, it was kind of just, yeah, started being talked around the family and we're like, man, we should, let's try one, let's do it. So we were in between projects. Um, it was a summer, uh, I think like 2012, uh, 2012, not 2020, 2012, but, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we bought a trailer, um, backed it into my garage. It didn't even fit in there about like a couple feet were sticking out of the garage and just started building it. Um, and kind of using the experience we had and, and tying it into the tiny house world. Um, we saw, we saw what we saw, thought was interesting, I guess, gap in the market as far as tiny houses that were being available um, to purchase. And that was kind of somewhat on the more high end and, and high design, um, you know, side of things. And so um, we built that first one that summer and kind of put it out there and it kind of just took off online, um, similar to how you guys, you, you know, similar to your story. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just kind of blew up. And from there, we're like, man, maybe there's something here. Let's let's try something here. So, so did you did you live in that first tiny house or was that tiny house sold to a client? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a custom one, but uh after we had built it, we put up the pictures and we sold it to you know some person online, whatnot, who just wanted to buy it, you yeah. know, buy the tiny house essentially. Um shortly thereafter we started, you know, getting some custom models going and and whatnot. And then pretty much right around that time, that's when when the pictures of that tiny house was, you know, getting everywhere, like in country living and all that, uh, that's when the production company started reaching out to us to do a TV show on our family business, building a tiny homes because made for like a good TV store. And at first we pretty much kept telling them, no, 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 we're not going to do it. Like we don't want to, like, we're not going to do it. And then, uh, after like probably a few months of that kind of happening, basically one of the production companies, it was the first one that had reached out to us was like, all right, the chance of this ever happening is like one in a thousand. So if you just say yes, this first like, you know, initial kind of recording phone call like this and, uh, and if it goes well, then, you know, then we can, you know, pursue the next steps, but, uh, you have like a one in a thousand chance that it'll do well. And so we're like, okay, we'll bet against the odds. <laughs> and we're hearing this same thing kind of across the board from, I mean, it was about 12 different production companies that reached out. So it was kind of all the same stories like, Hey, the chances are very, very slim. Just give it a shot. We randomly said yes to one of them that seemed, you know, I don't know, more convincing, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, we connected with them a little bit more. Um, and the typical process is like you, you have a call, uh, they, if they're interested, then they'll, um, kind of sign you on for one episode, like a trial episode. And that, you know, usually is like a six months process. And then about a year before it goes out there, then if that goes well, then they'll sign you for like a small series, um, and go, goes from there, but it's a good two year process before you kind of get to your first, uh, you know, season. Right. Um, and this was all kind of terrible timing on our end, as far as like, I mean, Zach just got married. Um, it was just, it was just kind of just a bunch of craziness. We just started this business. So it was, you know, basically another baby and, uh, said yes to this little Skype call with them. And about three months later, we were filming the first, uh, the first five episodes of the first season of the show. So it just all happened extremely quick, straight yeah. to series, um, which was just kind of a wild ride. Yeah. And that kind of, I never knew that part of your story. I never knew that you guys, what TV show was it? 
It was called Tiny Luxury. You can find it on like Amazon Prime or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. See, like, you are honestly talking to two people that are in the tiny house movement, building these homes and stuff, but our inspiration didn't come from the movement. So it's like, I feel like in many ways we're still like catching up, which is funny in a sense to be like, hey guys, where other people be like, of course, they're tiny luxury, but like, I honestly didn't know that. Now I'm, excited. <laughs> now I'm excited to go watch the show. We're even more excited to talk to you now that we know you're super famous. We're in that same boat. We uh, we always joke and say that we don't know much about pop culture at all. And so we didn't really actually like follow many of the, uh, you know, many of the legends, I mean, we knew a couple of the people's names and whatnot, but for the most part, we didn't actually like dive into making a ton of those like deeper connections and whatnot until, you know, basically tinyhouse.com we started having thrown the, the events, the global events and bringing people together and all that. So we're pretty much right there with you. We just kind of kept our head down and yeah. was just building the yeah. best tiny homes we knew how. So, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's what cool. What was your company called at the time that you're building tiny houses? Yeah, Tiny Ireland was the name of the company, and then Tiny oh, Luxury yeah. was the name of the um, TV show. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that, is that was so cool. Yeah, that kind of propelled the next five years, um, and it was hard to know whether the demand through Tiny Ireland was driving the the force, or you know, through the Tiny Luxury TV show. Um, but mm -hmm. basically, the next five years, we built close to 100 homes, um, wow. pretty much all custom. And we filmed about 38 episodes with HGTV for Tiny Luxury. And uh, yeah, it was a crazy wild ride that we're certainly glad that we're not doing right now, but yeah. it was a good good right. time to look back on. Um, and I mean, we haven't even watched all the episodes. We're yeah. kind of like, hey, you know, 10, 15 years from now, let's, let's bring them out with all the kiddos and have some <laughs> really great movie guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've seen, uh, I've seen, I think the first five episodes and uh, other than that, I was like, ah, I'll watch them someday, but not right now. So <laughs> I so, love that. Like, so you you have like 36 episodes and you had a film crew watching in, you know, your life. And I love that you still haven't watched it all. <laughs> so when you watch the first five, are you like, oh boy? Or is it like, this is awesome. How do you feel about it? Like, <laughs> uh, so I, mean, I watched the first five probably like six years ago. So like basically right when they came out, I watched those first five and it was, uh, it was it, basically what it felt like was just like a really well done, like family documentary. Like, you know, like, cool. just the, like, as if somebody in the thing was just kind of like filming us, but just like better, yeah, better down or whatever. So, um, cool. Yeah, because like it's not perfect. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not perfect, and like, but it's also weird because yeah, you remember you remember all the things happening and all the things that happen in between the scenes, and and so it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah, it feels more like just for us, it feels like a home video rather than like a TV show. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird, but I mean, like you're saying. For about five years, the you know we had what it was probably a 20, 25 person you know overall like film crew with directors and production managers, all these things on 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 our you know facility on our floor for about five years and kind of watching every move and mm -hmm. filming pretty much ninety percent of the day. And so it was kind of just like this weird season of life that like everything everything was on camera and it was yeah I don't know it was just kind of a crazy crazy time but yeah. Did you just get used to it? Like after a while, do you like ignore everybody or is it like always a little bit weird? Yeah, it was uh, pretty hit and miss because uh, obviously like at that point we're 
like to, as, as it started growing, you know, the company got pretty big. We had like 50 employees basically. And it was like, it was, so it was like a, a full on like company. And then you add on the production side as well and having all the different deadlines. And, you know, it's like, oh, you have to have this tiny house ready for this reveal at this date. And then it's like yeah. every, every 15 minutes, the film crew is like, all right, quiet on set. We're filming again. It's like, well, sort of whole how facility, are we yeah, like 50 guys. <laughs> yeah. For like an hour while we're just getting filmed, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, man. So I think one of the hardest part is there was a lot of, I mean, running, you know, that was our first decent sized company with 50 employees, a big facility, a lot of homes going on at one time. And um, so, yeah, there was a lot of stressful times, stress, stressful moments. And uh, the way the filming goes is you might be filming something like a, a 15 minute section of of like a maybe an event that was supposed to be like last week so it's a totally different environment compared to what you're in right now you might be in a stressful mind you know mindset and the, the scene we're trying to film is you know like this this kind of pickup scene of like a happy moment and we're like all right i know you guys are stressed but you guys gotta be stoked right now we're like oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot of that um you know i think most of it was pretty pretty uh they tried to capture kind of what was happening in the moment, but there's, you know, there's always those things you got to go back and kind of redo. And so there's a lot of those kind yeah. of moments that were, they were challenging, but yeah, it was, it was strange. <laughs> How did you know the time was, was ending for that season of life? That one was a little more of a, uh, well, we thought that the, the time had ended a couple times before that, because basically after the first season, I mean, pretty much almost every single season we, told them specifically my sister told them that she would never do it again and then, <laughs> and then for some reason or another we ended up doing it again and uh so we yeah like i said we were like we didn't know like when the the season was kind of supposed to end and then basically when it did end it was right about the time that um HGTV was being acquired by discovery and it was like a massive deal and whatnot and uh, most of their tiny home shows weren't performing extremely well. And so they basically just pushed pause on all of them. Um, ours was performing like a lot better than all the other ones. But the really interesting thing that they did was they would like use our filmed footage and like literally our faces and us talking to advertise their other tiny house TV shows. And we're like, oh. that's super <laughs> weird. Like you're literally wow. kind of animalizing, you know, this, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, our TV show essentially, and ours is the only one that's actually performing well. And that's why they mm -hmm. use our footage and our stuff on the advertisements to the others. And so that was a little, uh, you know, it, it didn't feel extremely, ex extremely great. And so, um, it was frustrating because yeah, we'd have, I mean, again, it was, you know, the tiny house community is, that's what it is. It's a big community. We, you know, wanted to help other people, but it was frustrating seeing our faces, our work, our homes as advertisement for our competitors. Right. Um, and so I was like, man, we had no control over it, no control yeah. at all. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, it was kind of a little, got a little bit messy. Um, so basically they, they pushed pause on the, on the, the TV show. And then after like a few months or whatever, we were just like, all right, we're, we're ready to be done. And they they, and then basically just kind of like ended at that point. So, um, I, and don't know if they ever like legitimately told us like, all right, we're not filming anymore, but they just kind of like, just went kinda, away. Yeah, it's kind of like, hey, yeah, we're yeah. this season pushing pause, and our contract was still for like two years from the moment you pause, basically, and then just oh. never, never picking anything okay. up with them again. So it kind of just expired. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't want to ask this question in the wake of like the, the, the negative part there, but I meant more maybe when it wasn't before that happened. I mean, it sounds like you appreciate like the, the record, like you say, the home video, but like, was there anything that you like regret about the experience? Like, was it, was there time? Like, I mean, I, I imagine at times it was hard, but I mean, do you regret anything about the experience? Um, that's, that's a hard one. I mean, there's definitely, you know, points and times and things that just overall was like, man, we should have probably done uh, something a little bit different in general. It was, um, kind of the, the sort of thing where it seemed like it was like, uh, Hey, this will be good for you guys in the future. This will bring, you know, whatever it is in the future, it'll be beneficial in the future. And it never really was beneficial, like in the moment. And so I think we kept kind of, you know, sacrificing, lot, sacrificing yeah. and, you know, huh. chasing that, uh, Chasing, yeah, chasing that future benefit. And we should have been a little more, um, yeah, a little more conscious of that. And yeah, just protective of our family, protective of our business, our, our employees, their families, you know, all those things. And, um, yeah, it, it turned into kind of like, quite honestly, the, the TV show turned into a monster in the sense that like, it kind of was running the business and it was running us. It was running our guys. Like I said, they at any time could just basically be like, everyone has to stop working and we don't care that you're spending thousands of dollars an hour, you know, on these guys, but however long the scene takes or however long we need to film this little yeah. detail here, like that's what it is. And so it basically kind of forced our hand in a lot of ways. And also, um, I think probably led to business decisions in the sense of, like I'm saying, you know, having this amount of crew and, and warehouse space and all these things that were built up around a TV show and the demand that they were driving. Um, and then also them being able to control it all and us kind of having our hands tied behind our back, um, you know, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I would say, I don't think there's like a specific point, but yeah, definitely. I would say I'd be on the fence if it was like, Hey, would you go back? If you went back in time and realized what it was, would you do it again? I'd probably be on the fence. Um, okay. yeah. It, so that, I mean, that's a fair answer for what it's worth. Yeah. Right. I mean, nothing in life is necessarily free or easy. Even things yeah. that have value. Right. Yeah. I just, I'm always a little bit curious. Like I, I tend to like have a mind that wants to kind of see behind the curtain a little bit. And yeah. so like, especially in the context of reality TV, I'm always like, well, how real is this? Or what's the cost here? Like, what is this, what does it actually take for us to get this cute little half hour program? And I'm always yeah. a little bit like, I don't know. I, I just, I like to hear from you guys. It's interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's some high, high points, a lot of fun that came with it. Um, you know, random, random fun things and benefits and I don't know, but yeah, overall, I think it added a lot of stress and hurt the business overall. Um, so yeah, that's where it's like, oh man. And it also kind of like you said, it makes it hard to ever watch TV shows like in just like a, <laughs> and just in, you know, in a sense of like an innocent way now because it's like, oh, like I know exactly what happened for them to, have to do this part. Or I know like that was a voiceover that wasn't actually recorded right then or any of those type of things. You can like pick it up so easily. And it's, uh, it's so funny because it's like, you know, even watching like Fixer Upper and it's like, oh man, like, you know, I know exactly what's happening in this point or whatever it is, like behind the scenes, or they had to like go refilm this or whatever it is. And it's always just like interesting, but it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Blessing in the curse. <laughs> what was it? Well, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you remember how many hours? Oh, in the very beginning for the first season, they filmed the most per episode and it was a hundred hours of recording per 22 minutes of, Oh, so they literally, that was like, oh. that was like 
like hitting record and with each hour of recording, there's probably a good hour of just kind of getting set up and pausing oh, and yeah. getting started and then, you know, finishing out the scene and debriefing. So it was, it was a lot, like, like you said, to get that 30 minutes, it was a lot. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. And I know that people are different. Like there's actors and performers and all that. I know for like me, like Heather wants me to like say something for an Instagram reel. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you get the first one. Cause I'm not doing it twice. Cause it'll suck the second time. Right. Like <laughs> I just, always one take. I can't make, I can't say something yeah. that I've already said. It's like, I already said it. I don't want to I can't be an actor. I mean, so I think I would be like, there'd be really hard challenges for me in that kind of environment. Oh, but Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So we're the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that same thing. When you say a word a certain amount of times, it just becomes like a sound. And (laughs) you'd be saying full sentences like 10 to 20 times trying to get it right. And it just starts mumbling and you get frustrated and it's harder to do it right. And yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it was, there was a big learning curve for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I, I played in a ball hockey tournament like 15 years ago for a charity thing. And we won and the news was there and wanted us to reenact winning it. Yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> that was not a good take. <laughs> so where, where is life taking you since the show? Yeah, so it's kind of taking us on a, a bit of a, a bit of a journey, a bit of a ride. Uh, since the show, we've had a couple more kids um, each. So uh, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of been, you know, a lot of our, our life is focused on the family and right now. You know, we, we're loving it. That's like our favorite thing. We wish we had more time to just be able to spend with the family and all that. And um, I think even to tie it in, like, so after the show kind of, you know, went on hold and paused there for a bit, we ran the company, the tiny heirloom, tiny house company for about another year um, and ended up, ended up selling that company to, uh, you know, a local company around here. And basically, at that point, kind of just got out of the tiny house industry for about a year. Um, just kind of took a break. Uh, went back to the residential construction um, and spending more time with the family. It was just kind of a good kind of a, yeah, time to reevaluate everything. Um, and uh, right about at that year mark is when, uh, you know, the whole COVID, you know, thing happened and everyone started shutting down and um, we kind of j- just finished up a couple big jobs. Um, and so we were just like, Hey, what, what should we do? We'd always wanted to start jumping into online um, and e-commerce and, uh, different businesses on the you know on the online space and so um one of the assets that we had retained even through the sale of tiny heirloom was tinyhouse.com that url so uh, we're like hey we should do something with this it's just sitting here now's a good time and start brainstorming ways we could um, use the platform especially during the um during you know all the lockdowns and things and um the idea was, yeah, hey, let's let's bring the whole tiny house community, global community together in one big online virtual event. Um, and we had never done anything like that, had no platform um, and just kind of threw it out there and it ended up just being a big hit. Everyone loved it. It was like kind of perfect timing, um, just kind of bring the community together. And uh, so super fun. And um, yeah, it was just kind of kind of what kickstarted tinyhouse.com. And um, now we're about to do our fourth one. Uh, actually it'll probably be done by the time this gets released, but, um, so we're super excited about that in the next coming days. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild journey. 
It's so cool that you've been able to do that with bringing the bringing the whole community together surrounding the conference and and your webpage. And I think it's just it's beautiful. It's a reflection of the movement as a whole, because one of the things we found within the tiny house movement is just how much of a community focus there is, yeah. how much mutual sharing of knowledge and um, how encouraging the community is yeah. like it's, it's great. It's been really, really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it feels like everybody understands that there's room for everyone, right? Yeah. And that it's they're not nobody's trying to uh, whatever outdo anybody or slit anybody's throat. It's like no, there's room for all of us. So let's just make yeah. this all better. Exactly. And I think maybe being uh, it's I wouldn't call it grassroots anymore. I mean, there's been a lot of people who've put a ton of work into all this, and it's grown and grown. But like the fact that it was recently a really grassroots a grassroots movement. Yeah. I think there's this understanding that's like, hey, we're all in this together. We're going to all succeed together or, or potentially fail together, too. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that's a fun community, right? Yeah. Like, that's pretty yeah. cool. It's so neat to just encourage other builders and to have other builders encouraging us. And last week I was talking to a young couple up in Alaska that are considering, you know, starting a tiny house business up there. And we're cool. just chatting. And, and she's like, why would you even talk to us? Like, it's amazing that you'd even talk to us and encourage us to do this. And I'm like, well, there's not enough builders in the movement and yeah. there's no, like knowledge is meant to be shared and not to be held. Yeah. And so if I can encourage you to follow your heart and if this really truly what you want to do and you want to yeah. build tiny houses, go, go and, do it. And a builder spoke to us when we yeah. were that yeah. saying, Hey, Absolutely. come out, check us out and see what we're doing and how we do it. Right. Like, so, I mean, if somebody did it for us, we can now do it for somebody else. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. It's cool that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so where are we? We have four more kids, right? Um, <laughs> and and you've uh, you got the conference happening now. Uh, I guess do we go back at this point, or is there or is there more more talk going forward? What what, what do you guys figure? Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of like where we are. Like Jason said, we're trying to hand at some different uh, online businesses and whatnot, and um, you know nothing's essentially fully paying the bills yet. So that's the, that's kind of where we're, we're sitting at like, um, right. Well, we're not entirely positive of like which direction we'll head or what, what'll kind of happen next, but we're just kind of putting the one foot in front of the, the next and just kind of keeping going. And, um, we do know that, uh, what we'd love to do is have like another adventure, which kind of brings it back to the whole sailing yes. thing. Or obviously they're so little young for doing some types of adventures, but like it's been, you know, passion and dream of ours, to like experience other cultures and bring our kids around other cultures and especially like helping them learn a different language at, a, at an early age and so on. So uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of probably in our, in, at some point in the future, you know, we'll probably be trying to spend some time in like, you know, probably Central America for half the year or something along those lines. So We'll, uh, cool. that's kind of, yeah, in our sites, we just don't know when or um, how long or any of that specific yet, but it's kind of something that we've been wanting to do really, really badly and, and all that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of because of, of the adventure bug that we, we caught at an early age. Our, our father actually sailed around the world when he was like 11 or 12 or 13, kind of, he did a three year, literally 360 around the entire world. And I was able to do that. And so he'd always tell us all of his stories and we would, you know, pull his leg to take us at some point in time. And it was always like, no, no, we're not yet. Not yet. 
like, maybe someday, maybe someday. And then finally, when we we're in high school, he was like, all right, let's do it. And we're like, okay, let's do it. And so we had to go on our own sailing adventure from San Diego to Australia and hit all the islands in between there. And it was like an eight month, eight or nine month sailing trip that uh, was really pretty life-changing. It, like I said, it opened our eyes to see different cultures. We we're able to experience things that, you know, most people never will experience. And there was a, uh, it was definitely a testing and trying time. And, uh, we like to call it, uh, where our dad likes to call it the boys to men trip. And so we kind of yeah. left as, uh, as little teenagers. And by the time we got back, you know, my, my, our father was like, yeah, I could let any of you guys go on a sailing trip all by yourself if you wanted. So, um, the sailing trip was, uh, we actually, we were able to, we were able to take, um, three of our, our best buddies. It was actually one, it's three brothers. And one was my age, one was Jason's age. And then the other was like 24 at the time, something was right around there, which, uh, the 24 year old, especially in the beginning, he was super helpful for our dad. And, um, my, my mom and sister didn't get to come for, my sister came out for just a small portion of it. My mom came out for about half the trip, but she didn't do the, the first leg of it with us and, um, and so on. But we're, yeah, able to do, do the trip. And like I said, we had, uh, so there's six of us on the boat the whole time. It was a 46 foot long boat, which is, uh, you know, not extremely big. There's, you know, it's a pretty similar to a tiny house in a sense. It's, uh, you know, obviously a little bit different shape, but for the most part, it's got a float though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't get 46 feet of living space, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's from like, you know, the very tip of the bow clear to the stern. It's probably so, what, closer to like a 20, yeah, probably like a 30 foot, like tiny house. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That's because, you know, only half of it is about eight foot wide. The rest of it, you know, tapers off. And so, yeah. Yeah. Probably lives closer so, to 24 foot tiny house. You guys understand how crazy this sounds though, right? Like at least to us. So like we were talking before, like we're from the prairies. We're close enough to the mountains. Like I'm comfortable in the mountains. I'm comfortable yeah. in the prairies. I'm comfortable surfing on vacation oh yeah but the idea of getting in a 46 foot like whatever cork and yeah. firing out into the middle of the ocean is really crazy you know that right <laughs> it was crazy yeah. yeah i mean yeah there was there was wild times i mean from our from our jaunt from uh you know cabo mexico uh to the marquesas which was the first island group we hit in the south pacific um pretty much the farthest islands away from any landmass uh you know major landmass but that 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 cruise, that section of the trip was 21 days, uh, without seeing land and sailing day in, day, night, you know, 24 seven. Um, and that was really strange. I mean, it was like three weeks, no communication with anyone. Um, and someone has to be up every hour of the night. So we take night watches, um, and wow. you know, kind of cruising along and, um, going for it, not, you know, trusting your GPS at that point, um, that you're going to get to the right spot. And, yeah, it was wild. I mean, there's a lot of like, I mean, definitely a little bit of loneliness, definitely a little bit of like, uh, stir crazy, um, you cabin know, fever. cabin fever, uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was like 21 days just in this little tiny boat with six guys, you know, you, you have to ration food and water. Um, and you know, cause yeah, I mean, you know, heaven forbid, but the worst could happen and you know, something, something could break, someone could get hurt and you gotta be able to have food and water for however long. And so there's no coast guard, nobody will come to save you if, uh, if anything bad happens. And so, uh, we actually, we had a, a 
a brief kind of cruiser guides uh, surgery book on board. And it was kind of decided about me and one of the other guys was going to be the surgeons. If we had to like cut somebody open to pull out their appendix or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what to do if somebody gets gangrene? It's like, well, put them on the kitchen table, cut off, you know, put a tourniquet on them, cut off their leg and throw it overboard. And it's like, <laughs> Feed the fish. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So okay, when you're like, maybe if it's, I don't know where, but like, I, I love understanding this stuff. So like when you're out there and you you can't see land, like you're just like in the middle of everything. Is that like an ominous feeling? Does it ever get you? Like, so for me, for instance, so like, I don't feel like claustrophobic at all. But if I'm on like the top of a mountain and you actually just look out and like take it in and understand, it, like it makes you feel funny. Like it makes you feel very, very, very small. And like, it's like kind of like claustrophobia, but the opposite, but I, I like, it feels good though. Yeah. Is that like, is that like that? Or is that just a me thing? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely. Yeah. Especially like during night watches, like just you and the oh, star, yeah. and, you know, the phosphorescence in the water. And it just literally looks like, you can't see when the phosphorescence is like really glowing and amazing. You can't really see like where the, you know, where the water starts, where the sky starts in the water. It's just like pitch black, except for just like the glowing stars, just like, you know, stars in Milky Way. You can never, imagine, like, yeah, you never imagine. Just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. No, definitely. Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of a twofold thing. You feel absolutely vulnerable and very, very tiny. Like we're, we've been standing for, you know, 14 days and we still have, you know, like another week and a half to go. Yeah. And you like look on the GPS, you're like zooming out for like 10 minutes, trying to even <laughs> get to see like any landmass. You're like, holy smokes, we're just like this little tiny dot in this vast, vast ocean. And like, you're able to, like Zach said, see like the expansive universe. I mean, there was definitely yeah, a sense of just like, man, we're this tiny little thing and the midst of this grand creation, you know, and, and for us, like it was some incredible time just spinning, spinning alone, like every single night with God and just being able to like, think about everything. And it was just like this, yeah, really, really kind of impactful um, season of, uh, you know, just kind of self-development and kind of also looking out and kind of getting really grand perspective on things and then yeah i think spiritually it was pretty 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 wild too yeah yeah I mean, it's hard to at least in our band hard to not believe that god exists when you're seeing his creation like that from like a whole different perspective and you know you we just go to the beach here in oregon and like man it gives you a completely different perspective of like how big the ocean is it's insanely huge like you look across you know as far as you can see and it's only a few miles that you can actually see when you're standing on the beach and it's like man that that's just like the smallest little the smallest little scratch on the surface of how grand the entire ocean is in the first place and yeah so it's like yeah it's pretty crazy it's like stoner talk, but like in a spiritual way, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Like I, I, I've always loved the idea of this because it's so foreign to me. So I'm like, I'm uh, I'm a little bit jealous slash. I think you're a little bit crazy at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, even to have had like that time of life, like eight months or even just let's take that sailing time when you had no outside communication, just like the same thing every day. Like yeah. what a gift that that would have been to just yeah. 
know yourself better and to take that time, you know, what would, what would the world be like if we all could like set aside those like blocks of time just to allow our perspectives to be shaped by our surroundings and our experience and, and internally to just know yourself better. Like, I just think that's incredible what you guys have been able to do together and to do it as brothers. Like that is, I think that that clearly has shown, you know, you've sailed across vast seas together and hence you've chosen to live like 300 yards from one another in, in Oregon. I think that's so beautiful. And now with your kids, you guys are going to have some pretty epic journeys one day when you end up uh, taking your kids on the road. (laughs) We can't already tell them stories. Yeah. 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 So that was, and of course that the whole sailing trip, you know, was right before tiny, tiny era, the whole tiny house thing. So in a lot of ways, you know, living in such a small space, um, you know, kind of living with, you know, definitely within our means and the kind of a very simple minimalist lifestyle, um, kind of paired with all the different hardships and lessons and experiences and, and wonderful joys that we got to experience on that nine month trip. I think definitely, uh, came, you know, came at the right time because I don't think we could have done even what we, what we did and get through what we did of, uh, you know, the business and the TV show and all the crazy chaos and storms that happened there without having gone through the storms on the boat and the the lonely times on the boat and the times of like hardships and then building our relationships together. And so I think in that sense, it was, uh, you know, I don't know, very timely and kind of led up to, uh, you know, the, what happened with the tiny house and the TV show and all those things. So yeah, it was quite the experience and wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah. So obviously this experience was super impactful and like meaningful and important and I don't know, big, I guess. Right. When you guys were teenagers, before you came back, men, when you were leaving on this trip, did you have some expectation? Did you have some understanding how important this was going to be? Or were you just like, ah, this will be fun. Or did you have an expectation of what you thought you might learn or come to know about yourself? And and were you right in any way, shape or form? (laughs) Great question. Yeah. I mean, in one sense, we're, we're just, you know, the classic, you know, young teenage donkey boys that just like goof off and, you know, like rascals basically. Um, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> we're kind of always into adventure, less like, uh, you know, getting into bad things, but more just kind of like getting into kind of crazy things like clip jumping yeah. and different extreme things along those lines. Um, so in one sense, yeah, we're just, just like any other, any other young teenage boy. Um, uh, I think my dad did, a, you know, our dad did a good job. Um, I guess, uh, what's the right word? I, I think kind of not only preparing us for the future, but to look beyond where we were as, as high schoolers, right. it's really easy to just kind of get in a bubble, um, at that age and kind of just not really think about things outside of your school and homework and having fun with your friends. So, um, you know, I think having that perspective, allowed us to do things like the sailing trip. Um, and, you know, I mean, for example, we, we started, you know, going to community college during high, high school um, at night, instead of hanging out with our buddies and going to the parties or whatever it was, we started taking classes so we can graduate early, get our diploma early so we can go on this trip and leave high school early. Um, so there's just things like that, that I think perspective wise, uh, our parents set us up decent to kind of look forward to the future and, and kind of, uh, um, you know, yeah, have, have that kind of delayed gratification mindset. Um, to it, yeah, absolutely. We're, I don't think, at least for me personally, I didn't realize how big, how, how much it was going to change my life and the impact it was going to have. 
uh, the things we'd learn and, and kind of coming back, um, how it would set us up for the future as well. Um, I knew it was going to be an amazing adventure and like super fun time and they're going to learn a lot, but yeah, I didn't expect kind of the changes that happen. So. Hmm. I think it's cool. I mean, that's a very extreme example. Obviously I think everybody would expect change and growth from something like that, but I love how like in life it's often there's stuff that you, you have no idea how it's going to change you and how it's going to grow you and like shape you uh, until, until you're able to look back on it. And maybe even then you don't even look back on it. You don't maybe realize it happened, but I feel like sometimes you, I know at least being that donkey teenager, like I grew up without realizing it. Right. Sure. Um, where it's like, all of a sudden you look back and go, Whoa, I'm not a kid anymore. When did that happen? Yeah. And you realize you haven't been a kid for a long time. And I think that's like, uh, I think that's cool. I think maybe that's the way it, for most people it is. I mean, you guys sound like it's like nine months later, you're like, okay, I'm not a kid anymore. But I think for most people that like sneaks up on you a little bit. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. Different people's experiences. We call we all end up, if you're shooting for, if you're shooting for a life, that's like where you're contented and happy and you're pursuing things and you're acting, I think we all end up getting, getting to a good place. I was going to say getting to where we want to be, but that's just not true. We get to a good place, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we don't know what, exactly where it is we want to get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. but anyway, I just, no. I love that. I love that kind of stuff. I hope that in small ways, in big ways, whatever I want to offer that to my kids, um, yeah. as a way to like get them out of the, uh, I don't know, the, the, the drudgery of the one step in front of the other that some journeys can be, and sometimes maybe shock them a little bit and, yeah. and, and send them someplace w where they like ended up someplace. They had no idea they were going. I think that's, that's pretty special. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And like you said, there's a lot of parallels though. I mean, that's, that's kind of our, I would say very close to our philosophy and mindset on life too. And, and, you know, how we want to teach our kids as well, but, um, you know, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, it's been said before, but you know, one of the enemies of failing and the enemies of life, I think is just drifting and, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of not having a direction, not having a purpose. And so that's kind of what we've always strived to have is like, have that, have that goal, have that purpose, have where you want to be like set in your GPS. And that might not where you, you know, might, you might not end up there. A storm might come and just totally, you know, push you back a little bit. Um, you might have to veer off course because you can't sail into the storm. And of course I'm talking about life and the sailing, of but, course, uh, yeah. you know, um, you know, so you have to change course and get over to this other area. But as long as you have that kind of destination in sight, um, and you're working hard, you're striving, you're going to end up in a better place. And oftentimes those trials, you know, absolutely shape you into better men and women than not having gone through those. Um, you know, so we're right there with you on that. And I think, I think that's a really important thing in life to, to, you know, consider. Yeah. And it's crazy how, you know, if you're sailing and you're headed somewhere that's a thousand miles away and you're off by even a quarter of a degree or even just half a degree or whatever, like you're going to end up somewhere completely hundreds of miles, hundreds away, of miles yeah. away from yeah. you yeah. want to be. But, uh, you know, so it's, you got to be very intentional with the, you know, that location that you're setting. And like Jason said, maybe you don't always end up there, but if you do have to veer off, like make sure it's a, an intentional direction change rather than just kind of like drifting into a new location and whatnot. And, and as you're yeah. heading there, it's not like we just set the, the coordinates once and we never checked it again as we're every single day, you know, we had to make sure like, all right, we're headed in the right direction. And, you know, there's definitely a day, surroundings. Yeah, there's and, a day or yeah. two where we, we definitely were like, Oh, we were steering, you know, two degrees off what we should have been steering. So like, let's re recalibrate and let's get us back on the right course and so on. But, um, yeah, but yeah I mean, there's so many parallels between sailing and life and, 
the direction you're headed to storms and doldrums and all of the above. So, yeah, man, I feel like you guys should have the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should could just talk and and teach so much. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that perspective. I I resonate deeply with that. Yeah. Um, Kevin and I are very purposeful and driven people in that sense of setting that intention of where you want to go and to also know that you can always recalibrate, you know, you you set it and it may not get exactly there, but every day, midday, every moment you have an opportunity to recalibrate back to the life that you want to live. It's choosing the life that you want to live and, and then just taking those steps and going for it. And I think to for, uh, further that, because I think when we get in this podcast, we're really excited because we get to talk to interesting people who've done interesting things. And that's super fun. But I think it's important, I think, to bring it around to like people like who haven't sailed the world. And it's like, well, this isn't about me. This is about people who do these wild things, right? But it's quite frankly not true, right? Like um, somebody else is like sailing the world that moment that 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 shapes them it might be a small moment it might be a, a relationship they choose to have or uh you know uh, you hear people with sports and it's like you know how much they learn from sports it's like you can learn the same thing from the arts and uh you, you know so it's like it's important for people to, to maybe well i always want people to know it's like if you think anything that I did was crazy, or if I think that what you did is crazy, it's like, it's not crazy to you. And it wasn't crazy to me. And I think what you do is crazy because it's not me. And that's, what's awesome about it all. Right. Exactly. So I just want to always, I don't know, encourage people. That it's like, if it doesn't feel wild to you, it probably feels wild to somebody watching you. Right. Yeah. And that, it's important to like find those moments in your life and yeah, I don't know. That's just Literally. something I wanted to make sure people hear, I guess, when we're talking to people with these wild stories, right? Um, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we haven't gone on some wild, crazy adventure like that in a while. And, you know, whether it's, you know, but like you said, there's, there's you things. You start a business. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a wild, wild, crazy adventure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's our wild, crazy adventure these days. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah, every, every, you know, every life there's, there's something that's going on and that's part of the journey and you're right in it right now. And oftentimes if it doesn't seem as crazy, kind of like the season we're in right now, we kind of jumped out of this, this big business and the TV show and it's, it's been easier to drift the last couple of years. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I said, we don't have kind of that, that thing we're working on that's not only paying the bills, but that really is fueling our, our purpose necessarily and what we're really passionate about. And so we found ourselves over the last couple of years, you know, drifting um, and that drifting looks different for everyone. For us, it looks like trying too many businesses and we get overwhelmed and we have too many different things going on. None of them are working. And we're like, all right, we got to, we got to shut a couple of these down. Um, we kind of cast a wide net and we feel like we're drifting. We're not, we're not focused on any of them. And so, um, you know, every time we've kind of taken that perspective check and be like, all right, we have to refocus. We need to kind of reevaluate our life. What are we doing and, and we're, we're, you know, are we even getting every day closer to where we want to go? Oftentimes the last two years, that answer has been no, unfortunately. And we found ourselves kind of like, all right, we gotta, we gotta make some major changes to recalibrate like our life business-wise, family-wise. And this is like, the, this is the mundane kind of, uh, you know, life in the sense of like, it's not this grand nine month adventure throughout the South Pacific. It's just the daily work grind and the daily family grind. And it's so easy to drift and, get complacent. And so I'm right there with you, man. It's like, there's opportunity every day in everyone's life to kind of reevaluate that and kind of get yourself back on 
course and set some really, really cool perspective and boundaries or, and uh, goals about what you are hoping to achieve with your family and your business and, and uh, or your work and, and then kind of set that, set that in the GPS and uh, every day work towards that. Makes it easy to get out of bed in the morning, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank you so, yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing all of <laughs> yeah. this with us. Like, yeah. we could probably talk with you guys for hours. I imagine oh. we wouldn't get bored. But I feel uh, like we will talk for. Yeah, hours maybe we out, will out over the course of time. But uh, no, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm noticing the time here, and that we should probably start to, to wrap it up. And I, I want to finish the podcast asking all of our guests the same question, and it's. Yeah. It's this. It can be as simple or as deep as you want it to be. But what's bringing you to joy these joy these days? Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, a big question. But I mean, kind of the first first thoughts that popped into my mind would definitely be like just family life and seeing the kids go through the different stages. You know, it's like yeah. kids can make you want to pull your hair out one moment, and then the very next moment they're doing like the cutest thing that puts you straight up on cloud nine. It's like, Oh, like, did you see what they just did? That's so cute or whatever. It's like, you're finally getting the kids down for sleep and you're like, oh, finally, like we can hang out now. I mean, my wife can hang out now. And then it's like, all right, let's look at pictures of the kids. Just the classic. And yeah, I mean, seeing them just growing up and saying and doing the cutest things. It's yeah, that definitely, that's probably like, like I said, the first thing that pops into my mind. So. Cool. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, probably the same for me, just being in that sweet season of life where all of our kiddos are so young and innocent and just you learning so much and growing. And yeah, it's a really, really fun, you know, phase of life, I would say. So that's definitely, you know, what brings us joy, I think. And for me and my wife and, um, you know, we could have like Zach saying, there's so many different things, but we could have just a really rough day work-wise and, be able to come downstairs or go home and uh, be able to spend time with the kiddos and, and our wives. And yeah, that makes, that makes the, the bad day good. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's kind of uh yeah, that's, that's definitely what's probably bringing me most joy right now is just, yeah. Raising our sweet kiddos and um, trying to spend more time with the family. Yeah, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. That's awesome. we, we feel the same. There's just so much joy to cherish this season when our kids are young and just watching them flourish and become the, the little people that they're meant to be. And yeah. Yeah. we're finding that on the sidelines of football games and watching our three boys just, you know, grow and develop and score the touchdown. I just, I, I never knew that, that watching them play sports could make me so oh. emotional. You know, it's just like, Oh, but just to, yeah. to watch them and, or to see life through their little eyes is just brings a ton of joy. helps you, helps you get through the tough moments because parenting is hard. Parenting yeah. is hard. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome guys. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. Uh, we appreciate, uh, appreciate you and your perspective and sharing it with us. And with anybody who might care to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks well, for coming us on. Yeah, yeah it's it a blast. For sure. Yeah. You guys are doing some amazing things, and we're excited to, you know, kind of be a part of you guys' journey in a small way, but also yeah. get to sit back and watch everything you guys are accomplishing, which is really cool. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I got to say, too, um, I, I grew up with like, I was the middle between two sisters. So I never had a brother until we got like the next four kids, like the adopted kids. So I had brothers that were like young. Right. Sure. I, I don't know what it is about brothers, man, that are close in age. Like I wanted boys close in age. Yeah. I, I love brothers. <laughs> I don't know what it is, <laughs> especially as adults that like stay tight. 
yeah i've known a few of them and it's like my favorite people so <laughs> yeah no, absolutely it's a lot of fun enjoy it so yes yeah, cool. I mean, yeah we we're so glad that we've been close in age got to do so much in life together and now we both have yeah. our own boys my boys are pretty close in age you have boys close in age and of course now yeah. they have the cousins it's like oh it's gonna yeah. be fun. yeah yeah yeah. yeah the best yeah we'll have fun with them yeah absolutely. yeah absolutely all right Thank well, you guys. that was a blast yeah, yeah. Thanks, well, you guys. well we can stay rolling here yeah. that'll be kind of the end of whatever podcast. we'll end it wherever we yeah. wherever yeah. <laughs> mark and graham see fit but yeah thank you so much that was fun yeah so fun, fun. I think sometime that it would be fun to hop on a on a call just us and and talk more even about tv and the impact of that and whatnot because we can we're getting yeah calls from we're on our second now call from HGTV. We're, we're asking somewhat selfishly. Trying to understand this and yeah. you know, grow the business and grow it right and and just stay stay the course with like yeah. what I guess too, like right now it's like you jump in and and the brand new business becomes another member of the family. It's like having an infant around right now yeah. where everything you it's it's like having a brand new baby where this baby does it can't do anything on its own and so we have to pour in so much into it and we have to adjust our whole family to to do this and so we aren't living the life that we intended when we jumped into this which is more more freedom we have we have to earn it we have to go through those business years of like pouring into it to get out of that and and yeah one one big question keeps coming up with because we just keep getting approached with it is tv does tv help question mark achieve that or that be off track or can that be complimentary? And there's just a ton of, ton of questions within yeah, that. But. Yeah, seriously. Those are, yeah. We'd love to, yeah, we could dive in on that for sure. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, dive we'll have to do another, another day. Another yeah, day. another right day. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. but yeah. And I mean, we, we'd love to talk with you guys about that um, because, you know, I, I, you know I, I love that you guys are having those opportunities. Um, and I think if you do them right, it could be great. But at the same time, we want to be able to speak from our experience, how it happened with us. So whether you choose to do it or not, um, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully it can be uh, a blessing. A blessing. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. like, I mean, obviously like picked up, there was definitely parts of it that were not yeah. in our lives. And yeah. so um, any of, any of that that we can kind of Give a little bit of knowledge on uh, we're down to, down to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we got to, would have had more people who could have spoken in their lives about the this exact question essentially um we thankfully did have like a couple of people that we were able to talk with in general over the years and whatnot but it was a little more uh hit or miss and obviously by knowing yeah. we consider ourselves like experts in the area but, but you've hey, done it you did it for five it. years yeah. and that's a lot of experience <laughs> yeah. there so. yeah. We consider ourselves experts in getting ran over by the train. And then it's a bit different than most of the people that we talked to were kind of on the other end of it where like it actually like did like it, it did really well for them and they're doing really well off of it, based off of it and everything. And, and of course it's important to get cool perspectives and we can, you know, potentially right. get yeah. with some of those people too. So you can get that side of it. Like, man, this, this was amazing for my business, amazing for my family, amazing for everything. And our perspective yeah. was, you know, there were some amazing times, but for the most part, it was really hard. Um, and, yeah. and now we're, I mean, like, you know, we're, we're fine to go through hardships and, and tough times and, and put ourselves out there. But, uh, so I guess hard's not the right word, but it was more negative than it was positive in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. that side of it too, I think, could, you know, good to balance it out. For sure. Yeah. I'd yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll set that up sometime. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, guys. That was, that was cool. a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, it was really fun talking with those guys. I feel like I feel like they're friends now. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation and hearing about, yeah, just some really neat experiences with those guys. Mm -hmm. For more on Zach and Jason, you can follow them on Instagram at tinyhouseofficial. They are the, the guys behind tinyhouse.com. So tons of tiny house information, a huge resource. Um, they're also behind the Global Tiny House Conference. And then for more information on us, you know, at fritztinyhomes.com. Like and subscribe on YouTube. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, guys. See ya.